0: Hello and welcome to Pro Construction Guide's weekly series of Procasts. This is episode number 30, Common HVAC Installation Mistakes. I'm John Gordon. And I'm David Doval. Thanks for joining us. Each week, Pro Construction Guide
1: magazine brings you a new ProCast built exclusively for you, the professional contractor. You can listen to any ProCast at ProConstructionGuide.com or iTunes. Before we begin our conversation, we'd like to thank Rigid and Trex for sponsoring this podcast.
0: Absolutely. And look, we'd like to talk about ourselves and tell you a little bit of what's going on. If you really want to learn what we do, David and I do a uh, a home improvement show. We've been doing it for almost 21 years now, Um, designed for uh, consumers, but a lot of pros listen. If you want to learn more about us rather than spend time here, check us out at askjohnanddave.com. And you can even send us questions or comments if you want to do it at the website there what 's most important is is what we 're going to do right now and 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 david i don 't know if you saw the pro construction guide email newsletter this week it was pretty it was pretty good i mean uh, might be the best yet although that 's my opinion. It had a great review of uh, work trucks so work trucks were in there six great tips for successful painters and best it had a link for pros to receive a twenty percent off plumbing uh, and repair products uh, purchase so um, a good deal financially as well. I like the articles, but the weekly discounts, that's money in your pocket. So um, you find them in, in the newsletter and um, might be the best part of it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I did see it. I follow them uh, pretty closely. You know, I've gotten used to opening those and, and, and checking them out. So uh, and if I can't read them right then, man, I just save them and I open them later when I have a little bit of time. So good stuff. Sign up today for the email newsletter at proconstructionguide.com it's free and you won't regret it.
0: Awesome. So this week, this week we're going to talk about mistakes that contractors make when they're installing HVAC systems and how they can be corrected. Our guest today is Carl Seville, a former remodel, remodeler and principal at SK Collaborative. Carl, welcome to the Pro Construction Guide's weekly procast. Can you give us like a 30-second bio on Carl Seville?
2: Sure. Um, I refer to myself as a recovering remodeler. I had a large <laughs> design bill firm in Atlanta for about 25 years. I got out in 2005, and now I do green building consulting and a lot of certification work for single and multifamily buildings under all the different green building programs. My office is in the Atlanta area, but we do work around the country and actually even internationally. We're, we're doing the LEED certification on a custom home in Mexico right now. Uh, you can find out more about our company at skcollaborative.com.
0: Carl, thank you. And it's, what's funny is Carl and I live in the same city, but we typically see each other in like some other city, Boston or Las Vegas right, or somewhere like that. Of- yeah. yeah. So look, Carl, um, uh, Let's to focus on some of the ways on this uh, this whole HVAC topic, can you can you share some of the ways uh, that you see that where HVAC systems are incorrectly installed?
2: Sure. There's sort of four key points. The first one is they're generally oversized, and this becomes a real problem with air conditioning, Usually because people use what's just a rule of thumb. You know, for years they've been saying, oh, we put in one ton for each 500 square foot of air conditioning, um, which doesn't really work. Um, a really well-insulated and air-sealed home can do 1,000 or more square feet per ton. Um, that's the first piece of it. The second is that typical design, especially here in the South, is ducts are installed in unconditioned spaces, you know, often attics. Uh, that puts, uh, the hot climates particularly, that puts a lot of extra load on the system. What you think about is you're trying to blow 55 degree air through a duct that's sitting in an attic that's about 140 or 150 degrees and only a little bit of insulation around it. It really cut, it really cuts down the capacity of that system. The next one is ducts are generally very poorly sealed. The mm-hmm. stuff we call duct tape, the only thing you should never use that for is put it on ducts. It, it actually has nothing to do with ducts. It, it's, it's it's completely uh, erroneously named. Um, you can use the, the, uh, the rated silver foil tape, but it tends right. to not do a good job long-term. The best way to seal the ducts is to use mastic. It's this gray or white goop that ruins anything it touches, like your clothing, but it does a real good job sealing ducts. You have to paint it on very thick, thick as a nickel is the rule, at all the joints between all the ducts. Um, there's another option. There's something called a mastic tape, which is a silver foil tape that has a butyl backing on it that also works well. Every duct and every plenum should be sealed at all the metal-to-metal metal connections, all the metal-to-duct board connections, and all the metal-to-flex liner connections. Um, and the last problem I see is that the, the, the use of flex ducts allows installers to cram, stuff, to cram ducts in anywhere they, they might or might not fit. I often see ducts that are turned into corkscrews and crushed to about half the diameter. It really restricts the system flow, makes it work a lot harder, and it just doesn't get the air where it needs to go.
0: So, so that I mean, those are that's a lot of that's a lot of information. <laughs> a um, lot
1: yeah, boom, I, I, important <laughs> stuff too. So, yeah. so, so, Carl, why why is it important that an HVA system? Um, why does it need to be the correct size, and it needs to be in a certain location?
2: Well, um, in terms of the sizing, uh, first dealing with the air conditioning part of it, when an air conditioning system is oversized, it tends to turn on and then turn off. It's called short cycling because it cools very quickly. But in a humid climate, it doesn't take the humidity out of the air. Air conditioning has to run longer to dehumidify. Um, so so a system that's too big, it cools, turns off, and keeps the air humid. But high humidity leads to discomfort and often leads to mold. So what happens is people have to start turning their thermostat down lower and lower just to get the humidity out. So often they to turn it down to a lower temperature than they would normally be comfortable at just to keep the humidity down. I've seen houses where the air conditioning is so oversized, people have to set the thermostat at 65 degrees or lower just to keep it dry enough to stay comfortable. If you can actually get the humidity down by properly sizing a system, you can keep it 76, 78 degrees and be quite comfortable. kind of like the difference between, you know, the East Coast and the West, you know, in the the Southwest, it's dry. um, So people, you know, are comfortable in warmer weather. Um, When when it's humid, you have to get the humidity down. The other piece of the... the, uh, when it's oversized in the air conditioning side it's very inefficient the, the, the constant turning off and turning on is sort of the equivalent between city miles and highway miles um, it's, it's the least efficient when it's turning on and turning off when it's running at a steady state it runs much more efficiently and the, the other thing to consider is in a in very hot temperature when it's like 95 or 98 degrees outside your air conditioner should be running almost continuously to work properly. I mean, sometimes people are worried, oh, it runs too much. And actually, that's not the case. It should run almost continuously when it's, when it's hitting its highest load. The other side of this is the, heat, is the heating system has to be sized properly, particularly with a heat pump. Um, most heat pumps have, well, have used resistance heat when they go below 30 or 40 degrees outside. So if you put in a system that's too small on the heat pump side, it will rely on that backup heat too much, which is incredibly inefficient. It's kind of like using a toaster to heat your house, so we really want to avoid that. So you have to size it right on the air conditioning side so it's not too big and size it right on the heat pump side so it's not too small.
0: And and I think beyond inefficient, when you get to that, I mean, I know part of inefficient is how much it costs, but, I mean, that toaster costs a lot to run, right? When that toaster kicks in, baby, the, uh, the, the, uh, the blower fan and the electric meter move at the same rate.
2: Exactly, yeah. It's a, it's a very inefficient way to heat.
0: So um, what, what are some of the consequences if uh, – so we, we're talking to pros. The end The end customer is the person that's going to live, the, the homeowner that's going to live in there. So there's a relation – I mean, what's the impact for the homeowner if the HVAC is bad? Well, the first thing is if the
2: ducts are poorly sealed and or poorly installed so they don't get the right flow um, – the, the, the leak, leakage out of the ducts loses much of the heating or cooling energy, particularly if it's in that unconditioned space, like an attic or a crawl space or something. Um, this also calls something called pressure imbalances. Like if if there's if the supply duct is leaky, then the return duct is actually drawing more air in, so right. it can actually push air in or out of different rooms of the house, and it kind of it pushes the dirt in or out of crawl spaces, attics, inside, outside. It just it brings in dirt and dust from places you don't want it to be. So in addition to being inefficient, it can actually make the house a lot dirtier. Um, I have, I've worked, when I was a contractor, I worked on projects where we would come in and improve the air sealing of the house and improve the heating and air conditioning systems. And I had clients who, after this was all done, uh, they had a lot less dust in the house. They didn't have to clean as often. And In some cases, their allergies literally went away. I had clients sit there, doctors told them they didn't have to come back anymore because they, their, their health improved that much.
1: Yeah, it's wow. good stuff. It's, it's, it's more important than people think it is, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I too, I'm in the, in the uh, industry, um, out in it all the time, and I just see just wrecks of air conditioning and heating systems and the way they're installed. So, you know, well, installation has everything to do with it, that's for sure.
0: And we handle it. We handle it uh, weekly, almost weekly, on our, on our consumer call. And But the impact to our professional listeners is we hear from the people calling us they're thinking bad thoughts about the builder they're thinking bad thoughts about the hvac contractor and they think that they got kind of screwed and um and just a little bit of attention carl to the stuff you're talking about keeps our professional partners from getting into that bad light so yeah
1: and 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 i want to add too you know and and carl has been on the show before and we've we've talked about this and where the ducks should go and all of that but you know, usually the ductwork and the furnace or the air mover are in the bowels of the house that it's hard to get to after the house is finished. So you really only have that one shot t- to do it properly, I think. No. Um, you can go and, and do it after the fact retroactive, but it's it's tougher. If you do it right the first time, man, it makes a big difference.
0: That's good advice. Yeah,
2: it's, uh, let me jump, jump here a second. I think contractors in general tend to just rely on their subs to tell them what to do, and they, they assume they're doing it right. And I think it's really important for contractors to learn about this. They, I should, agree. You know, they should learn about all the systems in the house so they know enough to make sure their contractors are giving them what they say they're giving them. Right. You know, they, don't have to be, they have to be experts in the installation, but they need to know enough to understand that they're getting what they're paying for. Yeah, the difference right.
1: between a proper installation and improper, I agree, Carl, 100%. Okay. Great advice. On all systems of the house. Yeah. Exactly right. Every, all of it. Every,
0: every piece of it, yeah. All right, so look, before we continue our conversation with Carl Saville, here's a word from our sponsor. Trex is the world's number one decking brand, and it's available at the Home Depot. Trex has new technology that provides a 25-year fade and stain warranty for ultra-low maintenance. Visit the Home Depot Pro Desk for additional details about Trex decking and railing. So, Carl... You mentioned putting mastic in the wrong places. Um, how does a contractor fix that mistake?
2: Well, it's interesting. A lot of the work I do is um, certifying homes, and a big piece of that is inspecting the HVAC systems. And what I have to do is inspect to make sure that there is mastic on all the duct joints. Right. And what I frequently run across is the, the, in, the installers slap mastic on all the connections of the insulation outside the duct. And then when I cut through it to open up and see if there's mastic on the duct connections, there frequently isn't. So they're kind of putting it in the wrong place. They they don't do a good job sealing the ducts. But the fact that they seal the insulation makes it really hard to see if the ducts are sealed. Uh. When they, when the when the ducts aren't sealed, but the but the insulation is, a lot of air leaks out, and the and the foil case around the insulation isn't a great air seal. Generally, there's holes in it and things. So what I suggest to my contractor clients is that part of their criteria is all the ducts should be sealed, but none of the insulation should be sealed with mastic. They can just use that foil tape on the insulation. That way you can peel it back and look at it and make sure that, you know, they can inspect it and make sure that everything is sealed underneath. And I even recommend for my, to my clients that they, they inspect all the duct sealing before they put the insulation on, just to make sure that it's done right before even I come out.
0: Okay. So, so David made the point a minute ago that, like, if you're in new construction, if, if you're building this house, you've really only got that one shot to get everything right so um it what else should be uh if it didn't happen what else should the contractor either do during the well let's focus on doing it right the first time so what should they do if they're installing the, the hvac system to make sure that their sub is doing it correctly what are they looking for
2: okay the first thing is to have the system sized properly and the building and energy codes require this, that, you, that it has to be sized using a program, some software, or it's a design system called Manual J. Um, it's rarely done properly, but this is what should be done. And it's, it's a typical software program. you put in the inputs. You need to make sure they're all correct, the insulation values, the window ratings, the, the climate's right, the number of occupants. And what I find is that too often really unqualified people are doing these reports. They get the secretary to do it, and she literally knows nothing about it. I mean, I I literally, the past week, I've gone through and sent a report back to one of my clients, HVAC contractors, six or seven times to get it right because they're just continually doing it wrong. Um, So unqualified people are doing them. Sometimes people who know how to do it are doing it, but they're gaming the system, and they're fudging it to make it look like it needs more capacity so they can sell extra equipment or sell sell bigger equipment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just honest mistakes. I, you know, I frequently consult with builders, and after reviewing their loads, I make changes. I had one client recently, uh, here in Atlanta, where he some guy, some contractor told him he needed about six tons of air conditioning in this house. And when we looked through it and reviewed it and had them revise the load calculation, he put in four tons of air conditioning, and the house worked perfectly fine. So that saves a lot of money, and it actually makes the house more efficient, more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing: size the system properly. You know, uh, if if the contractor can't Get the load calculation done. You can get independent consultants to do that load calculation for you. And that's a good way to do it is, you know, like sometimes people have a house designed and have a bid. You can have your HVA system designed so you know it's the right size and then have your contractor bid on that side.
0: That, instead right. of
2: having them, them, you know, instead of having the cat guarding the hen house and telling you what you need. Um, the second piece of it is make sure there's space for ducks. You know, I've I seen too many projects where nobody's even considered that ducts have to go in the house. They just don't leave space for it. Uh, you, if there are soffits, chases, whatever you need to have a duct fit without compression to get from one place to the other with as few turns as possible and no compressions. A um, couple of other minor things. The, sealing the HVAC boots to the drywall on the floors really helps. Uh, it gets the air where it wants to go. Um, you know, if, if they're not sealed well... Uh, especially with the return ducts, it will suck air from crawl spaces or attics or other places, as opposed to from in the house, which where you want to go. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, the other thing I've run across a lot is toe kick registers are really popular, and they're consistently a disaster. They constantly fall apart during construction. They're really hard to seal. I would do everything possible to eliminate them. Just just put them somewhere else in the house. Um, the other thing I've run into is, you know, is where people put the ducts. Um, historically, and even even these days, people put all the HVAC supply ducts at the outside end of the house, um, right at the doors and windows, and that is kind of a leftover thing from when houses were very, windows were very leaky, and houses weren't well insulated. There was a lot of heat gain and loss at the edge of the house. You get a typical well-built house these days, and there's not a lot of heat loss at the perimeter. So you can actually supply that register. Put all the supply registers on the inside of the house, pointing towards the outside, and you could, you'll actually get better performance, and you'll use about a third to two thirds less duct uh, length. So there's an opportunity for savings and as good or better performance.
0: Wow, hadn't um, thought about that. Yeah,
2: it's an interesting. It's a tough. It's a tough one to convince people to do, but it actually works.
0: You know. And, yeah. And, well, it's well, counterintuitive. It yeah.
2: It, it's it's, it's it, it. Well, once you think about it. When there was a lot of heat loss, you know, when the windows would leaked terribly, you needed to blow the air on them. But windows are high performance, walls are well insulated, and well air sealed, there's not a lot of heat loss at the edges. So, yeah. and, and if you, if the duct goes 12 feet out with a couple of elbows and points down, it loses a lot of flow. If you have the duct at the inside pointing straight out, it actually has more force. So you can often get more air to that window from further away, oddly
0: enough. Right. And you think about commercial applications, that's exactly how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah.
2: We, we, the, the the residential industry is a bit behind. What so we is.
1: call it, the path of of least resistance. Is go. it there some type of a formula for that? <laughs> yeah, there's actually
2: there's, a, there's another program called Manual D, which is a duct design system which you can use to um, which is another good thing to do. Although it's it's a challenging one to get done right.
1: Yeah, and the, you know, last... I I really like the idea of the of the web trusses. Um, I I think that I think that's how it should be done. When there's two floors, I think that's where. Uh, I think that's where the ductwork needs to go, no doubt.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's my last point. Keep the ducts inside the house. You know, keep them out of unconditioned attics. Uh, either just design it, like you just said, in web trusses to run it completely inside the building envelope, or if you want to spray foam the roof line, um, anything to keep the ducts out of the attic and unconditioned crawl spaces. It'll allow you to put a smaller system in. It'll work better. You'll have less heat, loss with heating and cooling.
0: Good. That's good information. That's great, good information. great information. So, before we continue the podcast, here's here's one more word from a, a, another sponsor of ours. Are you looking for power on the go? The easy to carry Rigid Pro Pack is a 4.5 gallon wet dry vac designed to deliver powerful suction while achieving the demands of the pro. The Pro Pack's toolbox design provides convenience and mobility to the job site. The hose and tools store compactly inside while delivering full-size performance, rugged durability and offering the powerful performance necessary to get the job done. It comes with the Ridgid's industry-leading lifetime warranty that gives you peace of mind. It's now exclusively at The Home Depot or at homedepot.com. So, Carl, you've you have given us incredible amounts of information. We're not surprised by that. You have always done a great job in that capacity. But I've, we've got pros listening, and we like to try to dial in. If you could say, look, if you guys listening, here's three things. If you don't remember anything else, here's three things to remember from this ProCast. What would it be?
2: Uh, the first one is make sure the system you're installing is sized properly to fit the house. You're building or remodeling, and make sure it, it, it fits. It's sized according to exactly how the house is built, the insulation, uh, the air leakage, the windows, the number of people in it. Um takes a little bit of time to do it right, but it's well worth the investment. Okay. Second is keep the duct inside conditioned space. Keep them out of attics and crawl spaces. And the third is seal the ducts very well with mastic, not the insulation, just seal the ducts. You do those three things, uh, and you're well on your way to having a really high-performance HVAC system.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. Carl? Thank you very much for your time and for your insights. You can see some of Carl's projects and collaborations at www.sk, that's samkathycollaborative.com, www.skcollaborative.com. It's time, David, it's time for us to dig into the spare parts box. That's where David and I kind of find some stuff, ideas, principles, processes, products that we kind of hang on to because we think they're kind of cool, just like that spare parts box in the back of the truck. David, you want to go first, or you? Yeah, want me to I go? will. I will okay. go
1: first, and uh, it, it it kind of goes in line with with some of the thoughts with this with this this week's procast. Um, it's it's not necessarily all about HVAC, but uh, Carl was talking about um, you know dealing with the HVAC contractor and uh, making sure you you know what's going on. I say that that carries through in all the trades. A general contractor we talked about today on, on our radio program and, and what he does and what his job is, and he's kind of the, uh, the maestro, right? I mean, he's he's organizing everything. In order for you to organize everything, don't you need to know quite a bit about every system in the house? I mean, you should have a general knowledge of how they work, um, how they're supposed to be installed, uh, what, you know, the, the proper way. So if you're, if you're acting in that capacity as a GC out there, wherever you live, you know, make sure you're getting familiar with all of the codes of all of your, of all of your trades. So you need to know about the HVAC. You need to know that the design tables and, and, and what has to happen there. You need to know, uh, uh, that the electrical boxes need to be sealed on the backside. Um, you need to know that, um, that the uh, uh, nail plates or nail guards need to be installed where there's wire and piping. You should be looking at all this stuff because it, even if you're if if you fail an inspection because one of your trades uh, did wrong, it shows up on you. I mean, it does in the county where we live. The general contractor is always the one at fault. But beyond that. It just makes you better for your customers, you know, and that's really what this is all about. You want to get more work down the road. The best way to do that is be an expert in your field, and if you're the general contractor, you kind of need to be an expert in the other fields as well.
0: I would argue to be an expert in the GC field, you have to. That make it it's it's a requirement. Like it's not other field. It is your field. It is. It's exactly Uh, right. Let me go way simple. You want to look good. As a remodeler, um, without any extra effort, something that just kind of gives a pop, where you might not get a pop, go from traditional 90-degree corner bead to rounded corner bead, um, whether it's on the ceiling, walls, um, soffits. Put a rounded fit return on that and, and finish it off, and it looks like a million bucks, and it did not cost you one penny more. So I like it. All right. From the complex to the simple, uh, Carl Seville uh, to to drywall bead. But look, um, if you want to listen to this podcast or share this podcast, just visit us at ProConstructionGuide.com, www.ProConstructionGuide.com. If you haven't gotten your copy of the Pro Construction Guide, then visit the Home Depot closest to you. They're going to have copies right there on the Pro Desk.
1: Hey, if you have any feedback for us, give us a call at 866 647 2346. Leave a message. We want to hear your thoughts. Hey, we'll see you on our next episode of Pro Construction Guide Magazine's ProCast podcast. We hope you'll make us a valuable tool in your toolbox.